Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It is him, and it is deep. Welcome back to the Football Rambles Guide to your trail of breadcrumbs leading you through the dark forest of football. <laughs> I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Pete Donaldson. When you remember a special moment in football on TV, you recall the sound. The guttural roar of anticipation from the crowd. And the release as the ball smashes into the net. There's also always a voice. And here comes Hurst, he's got some fiddler on the pitch, they think it's all over. It is now, it's four. It was only in 1927 that a football game was first broadcast on radio and football's bigwigs were worried that it would draw crowds away from the terraces. The preliminaries are over and what an ideal afternoon for football. There goes the whistle and now we're off. In the early 1930s, at which point football was an established presence on BBC Radio, the Football League even banned its games from being broadcast to avoid the bite of the recession. We've come a long way since then. Football commentators define our experience of the game. And for every iconic line, there's also a commentator missing the first five minutes of the second half because he was squeezing out a job. <laughs> So today we're asking what makes a great commentator, what makes a shit one, and some of our favourite commentary quirks from around the globe. From the good, the poetic, to the Gary Neville orgasms, this is the Football Rambles Guide to Commentary. Hasn't he done well? <laughs> and who cares? And who, yes, quite frankly, quite frankly, my goodness. Gentlemen, I'd like to start with this question. If you started football broadcasting all over again, how would you like commentators to, to describe a game to you? Oh, well, emojis. <laughs> I, I, I like the, so I like the differentiation between radio and TV, which I think has been mm. slightly, very, well, not even slightly, but quite a bit blurred now. Mm. So I think when you have the fact that it feels a bit like commentators come from radio into TV, they graduate mm. into TV, which for me as an audio fan is, is, I think, wrong. They tend to apply their radio stuff mm -hmm. onto the TV stuff. I don't think you need to do it. So the answer to your question, Marcus, would be, I'd like them to be a bit more sparing. Yes. Um, because I'd like to be able to 
paint my own pictures and draw my own kind mm. of conclusions as much as I can. I don't really feel like I need it spoon fed. So to me, on TV, mm. keep it light. Yeah. Yes. You don't have to describe everything. No. You're basically, and we're all agreed here. We're, well, we're agreeing with Barry Davis. But, but, is, <laughs> but I should say this. Well, but old Barry would say that. It's a hard job. A very hard job. It's a really job. hard job. Very Much hard harder job. than we probably give it credit for. Well, when any, we're taking I think the anybody, I think unless you've had a go at some sort of commentary, I think it, it's so difficult to... It's to... exhausting. Oh, and, absolutely. And I, I, ex- I, I, I do a commentary over like a, something like a quarter of an hour, like video game or whatever. Mm. Yeah, I remember. Um, yeah. Like a football game. And uh, it's impossible. Absolutely impossible. To, to speak, speak, to speak with authority. Yeah. I find that difficult anyway. But like to speak with authority and uh, be organised with your words and, and get it all out at pace speed mm-hmm. identify players yep. identify what's going on mm-hmm. the gravity of everything mm-hmm. the last time this happened my god mm. you have to be administratively so incredibly ordered you're absolutely right and not repeat yourself as well yeah. not think oh that was a quite a nice little line I'll use that in three games time <laughs> no we've noticed that it's a very very tough and job and you have to do a lot of research as well how yeah, about you how would you right. like it to, to be described um, I, every, every budding commentator I'd, I'd, uh, I'd play them some Barry Davis lines again mm. as close to that please as possible yeah yeah, absolutely yeah. this is going to be sure about Barry Davis uh, well <laughs> we'll rein him in a bit yeah, yeah, yeah. okay fine, fine. Um, the very first time BBC Radio broadcast a football match was on January 22nd 1927 a Division 1 clash between Arsenal and Sheffield United with a former rugby player called Henry Blythe Thornhill Wakelam calling the shots <laughs> you basically had to be a member of the aristocracy to be anywhere near the BBC I, I, back in those days indeed indeed yeah. uh, this was how new it was the Radio Times published a diagram of a football pitch divided into eight numbered squares. <laughs> While Wakelam, shame not to give him his full title, but we could be here all day, um, <laughs> described the action, another voice would call out numbers corresponding to the area of the pitch the action was taking place so listeners could follow the match at home. Now, this is this was thought to be the origins of the phrase back to square one. I, I know that. there are other theories and snakes and ladders and all that but but that is one uh, credible theory no we're having well. that one on this we're show having, we're it's having like the snakes and ladders show the snakes yeah. are, big snakes and ladders <laughs> big board game yeah. can fuck off quite frankly the snakes belong where they belong FIFA Exa- house exactly. yes exactly do you want to see a picture of that commentator <laughs> look, there, at him. look at that look at that uh, right okay he would it, not be having that moustache I was he would not no it's, uh, it's it, Robert Mugabe at best yeah. uh, it's Charlie Chaplin Charlie Chaplin it's um, Adolf Hitler it's well, Adolf Hitler Charlie Chaplin because that as you say style of Tash did very quickly go out of fashion <laughs> um, but yes Wakelam uh, and uh, and uh, the, the the boys and girls mm. uh, again back in those days probably just boys uh, <laughs> called the match uh, from a wooden hut that resembled a garden shed no. you see you see not everything was better in the past yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> moustaches for one yeah <laughs> we, we, I'd love to put um, Steve McManaman in the garden shed. I bet you would. And never let him out. Might... It's a tactics truck, is it now? Yeah. All right, I'm just going to have a look in. Hey, it's just a shed. It's a tactics oh, shed. Oh, oh, oh no. Steve, what are the tomatoes we are? Yeah. <laughs> well, Wakelam was uh, the BBC's first commentator, and he also covered cricket and tennis, including an infamous episode at Wimbledon during which he accidentally set fire to his notes, but carried on regardless. Back to square one. Fortunately, <laughs> Cliff Richard was there to give us a Oh, here it is. Don't bring that in. <laughs> Cliff Richard probably was fucking there. Uh, you, and you sort of think nowadays, you sort of think, right, how the hell did he eat cigarettes? Cigarettes, everyone's smoking. Uh, cigarettes, yeah. pipes, Pipe whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. The, the, the diagram, though, method uh, mm. continued uh, until the mid-1930s. So the voice, yeah. the, the mm. kind of what would be identified now, I suppose, as yeah. the BBC Path A type voice. Yes. It's gone back to square one. Yeah, it's an amazing voice. I can remember during um, lockdown when we were doing Peach Film Club mm. and we had the Arsenal Stadium mystery. Mm. Oh, that's right, yeah. And all the actors spoke like that. Yeah. I think everybody did. Even in the United States, if you, uh, what's the film? Is it Dial M for Murder? Yeah. I saw that mm. not that long ago. It's kind of like they, they, they sound very, very similar. It was a bit of American twang, funnily enough. Yeah, but, there's but not, again, it's not a full American accent. No, it yeah. isn't. It's yeah. quite interesting. But I think yeah. in other parts of the world, they, they kind of spoke like that in their, yeah. in their respective languages. Languages and I so love on. the idea of you at home watching Dialect for isn't Murder. It? What a quaint cradling scene. a child. What makes, yeah. what makes you think I don't I'd know, watch I just think it's home. very quaint. You've got to sit there. Oh, you, <laughs> Wait, you were a fan park for Dialect for Murder. Watch it in a talking picture house. <laughs> <laughs> Wife, I'm going to the talkies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, it's not a drive-through. Not Don't forget to take your heroin. <laughs> Drive in. Yeah, Drive through yeah. for burgers. I know, yeah. indeed. Yeah. yeah, and we've won the World Cup. Uh, that's that. Yeah, uh, but of course that was in the 1960s. And um, <laughs> gentlemen, I, I would. We, we, his name has appeared already a couple of times at least. We're going to get into what makes a great commentator, aren't we? We are. Yes. Yeah. The, the iconic voice and Barry Davis is where we begin. Where else? BD. Quite frankly, mm. Basher. Um, well, he he called the shots for the BBC for for 35 years. Covered 10 World Cups and seven. 
European Championships. But because of um, John Motson being there, he only commentated, I think, on, was it two or three major finals? There was a bit of a... Um... Between Barrett Basher D and uh, John Motson, <laughs> aka Motti, yeah. there was a bit of a kind of power struggle, wasn't there? Yeah. Right. And I think I, I get the impression that Basher was just a bit too kind he of. wasn't as politi- I think. Yeah, I just didn't Mo- think he cared as Motti's much. Motti's got. Yeah, he's a purist and Motti was Fight quite. Top. quite no, well, quite into the character of Motti. Do you know what I mean? There's the sheepskin jacket was yeah. kind of him. It was kind yeah. of all that kind but of. I think, I'm I Motti. Think, I, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I, I'm I, Motti. <laughs> you're ready for me, baby? I'm Motti. It just keeps getting better and better and better. Yeah. Um, uh, well, Barry Davis, though, I think that he would often. Um, he would really put his opinion in there sometimes, which mm. isn't bad for a commentator. Mm. But I remember, because 1990 World Cup was where I came into football. Mm. I'm sure perhaps you... you I was the same, same. yeah, yeah. Um, he would, England are not doing very... Cameroon are passing the ball better. Yeah. Like, he would really stick the Admonish them, yeah. Whereas yeah. I don't think Motson was that... I don't know, negative's the right word. Maybe I don't know what it was, but 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 Davis certainly gave it plenty. Davis had a bit more RP to him, though I think. So I think if mm. when he sort of brought out his uh, his his character and brought out his his strong opinions, it was very nasally and kind of like yeah. kind of bringing I, I, it I out. Also, I also think quite posh. And, and I <laughs> yeah, also, yeah. I've never worked with Barry Davis, but I have worked with John Motson. He right. used to come in every Friday at, at Talksport, mm. and he's very much. Uh, this sounds like a really obvious thing to say, but I think in the context of this conversation, it's, it's relevant. He's kind of very interested in the stats and mm, yes. and des- describing something that's happening and mm. saying that's the first time that's happened yep. or that hasn't happened since then. Sure. Whereas I think Barry was was much more about interpreting the events and almost trying to be the mm. the temperature check for the nation kind of thing. Yeah, very well put. Yes. And, and so yeah. that's that's the difference between them. I think it's personally I, I've got nothing against Watson uh, and his career. Barry oh, was a phenomenal commentator. But, but, I, but I personally feel like the BBC maybe should have gone down the Basher Deed route rather than the Motson <laughs> route because eventually they, it was like Highlander. There could only be one. And there weren't that many channels then either. Yeah, you're right. But, but Barry came into his own in the mid-70s with the Francis Lee oh. Derby Man City clip, didn't he? Which yeah. is the most iconic thing he did and I think is what he's still most known for now, probably. Lee, interesting. Very interesting. Oh, look at his face. Just look at his face. <laughs> I think what I love about Barry Davis compared to some other commentators and commentary styles is he it was Right in the moment. Yeah. It wasn't a case of, oh, and that's his third goal. And yeah. the, the, it was right there. And there were times when um, I was I was, I was was looking back at the commentary that he did. <laughs> this is how I spend some of my time. Um, it was a group game in the 1990 World Cup between West Germany and Colombia. Die then for murder had finished. <laughs> <laughs> got, an hour, got an hour to kill. I got home by this point. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, Dropped and, off and, you a high school sweetheart. <laughs> 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 Went to the diner. Yeah, yeah. Slipped on my leather jacket <laughs> and uh, uh, had a milkshake. And I yeah. thought I'll treat myself, so yeah. to speak. So um, I was watching this, the, the, the highlights of this game, mm. and and like the, you know, a shot just goes past. Ooh, he yeah. just makes those noises. It's like he, yeah, yeah, a little bit, slightly different. <laughs> but he was because Colombia just needed a draw to go through. Yeah, they're quite a talented side with Valderrama yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and so on. And they did go through, of course. and they did go mm. through. But they were playing West Germany, who were already through. They concede late on. And Davis just slaughters them. Yeah, he's going. Them. It is ridiculous. Had they have played, and then and then as Colombia equalised moments after, he's berating Valderrama and mm. saying, "Oh, well, what a shame! He could have been such a credit for his country. They could have come out and played. They could have been better." And suddenly, and then he slips a lovely ball through to Rincon. But suddenly, a man who's been so dead has come alive, and ah, it's unbelievable! <laughs> you know, yeah, and suddenly yeah. it's a goal. And he, but he would get excited. I think that's the great thing. He would, mm. he would um, talk about how how annoyed and d- disappointing he was mm. in people. But then he would get very excited with his commentary on the Dennis Burkamp goal for Argentina in '98 against against Argentina. Sorry for for the Netherlands. People talk about the, the Dutch commentary, which is yeah. obviously great. But Barry Davis for me that is that is my favourite piece of commentary of all time. Mm. Because just screams, oh, what a goal! And that's mm. all it needed. And that's the thing, isn't it? Because we're asking what makes a great commentator. For yeah. me, mm. it's, it's about almost providing the punctuation to what's happening. Totally. Yeah. Gears. You've got to have gears. It isn't about you. It's about mm. the, the game. Yeah. People aren't here to listen to yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're here to watch the game. And I think, I think even, and we'll come on to this, I'm sure, but even some of the more articulate, flowery mm. stuff that, say, your juries do... Mm. Um, I personally even find that a bit overwrought because I don't think that's the point of it. Mm. But what, what do you what do you what do you think when you're looking for a commentator? You just want it to to, to tell you what's going on because I understand that I'm a complete nerd for football. So a lot of people who don't know about football may want loads of shit to fucking be told to them. But I don't think that anyone hears like that, are they? But it's, it's a little bit like um, 
Uh, but again, it's the same difference between like radio commentary and, and, and TV commentary. We're only watching it. You don't need to dress up. We you mm. could give us the stakes. Don't explain. You don't need to explain. Just give us the stakes, and then and then when the thing happens that we hope or mm. uh, detest the idea of happening happens, we'll 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 do it ourselves yeah. and sound exciting and have those gears. Mm-hmm. Be like Barry Davies. Yeah. Be slightly plummy, kind of vocally um, yeah, yeah, yeah. quite reserved character. But when it fucking comes alive, yeah. Yeah, yeah. come alive. You are not the mm. star of the show. You mm. don't need to have these clearly fucking pre-prepared yeah, yeah, yeah. little descriptions. It's like watching the wrestling sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they, You know that there's going to be a spot. You know that someone's going to fall off a cage or mm. you know crush somebody on a ladder or something. <laughs> yeah. Like So you've already got that, that line prepared. Sure. And you can tell half of these commentators mm-hmm. have these things. I, I really like the natural, the naturalistic uh, style of commentary. I'm a Jim Proudfoot man. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I think but, Jim's good. But He's you're good. right, though, because, and again, when, when Pat Bonner made that error, in 94 mm. for Ireland you know oh, Ireland, Ireland had the goodwill of, of, of a lot of people obviously none of the British nations qualified um, but, 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 uh, mm. but, but Ireland uh, did and being sort of the closest uh, you know nation to mm. Britain everyone got involved and so on and their likeable side and when Pat Bonner makes that mistake oh Pat Bonner, Pat Bonner because yeah. that was the feeling the Pope would have saved it the Pope would have saved it <laughs> uh, that was in the 1990 World Cup yeah, right. on, on the radio front though and yes. Pete's touched on this so I just want to come in on it the idea of the difference between radio and TV mm-hmm. I st- and it may be because it's my generation or because I grew up listening to, to football on the radio or whatever I, I do think that when you are in a situation where you can't get to a game right? so mm-hmm. you're driving home from somewhere you're driving the car and, you, and you've only got the radio as an option and if you listen to, and I think I do think Jim Proudfoot on Talksport is really good. Mm. But the Five Live team, when you get a good combination, yeah, you get a John Murray or an Ian Dennis or an Alistair Bruce Ball or you know going back a bit further, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of others, Mike Mike Ingham, those kind of people. Like it's it's actually unbeatable. Yes, because I for me, you. it's because. They do it in such a clever way mm. that you're actually painting the pictures yourself. Totally. And, and of course, it's always going to be complimentary to the vision because you want to watch. The, so what it does, the, the, the best radio commentary for me is like, right, as soon as I get home, I need to watch that goal because yeah. the way they described it sounds amazing. And you're always going to instinctively do that. But they are, they are providing such an amazing service yeah. because they are have a license to, to give you the way to paint the pictures. They don't have to kind of, they have to overload it with talking because you can't yeah, leave any yeah. dead air or whatever. I, and, but that's, that's bled into TV far too much. But what and, about- and, and also I think it's bled into TV as in like that, there's, there's not as much of it on TV, but certainly, you know, the Alan Green sort of dour kind of like, yeah. I can't even be asked to be here kind of. Yeah, he, kind he was, the, he was probably, thing. for my personal taste, he was the worst example of it. Yeah. Well, he was good, he was great. Yeah. But he would, but, he would go way over the top. I think sometimes I think sometimes we confuse being good with our nostalgia, so to speak. And True. this is not where this sits, but I think Mick Laws on, you've probably not heard a lot of him, but on Metro and BBC Radio Newcastle yeah. back in the day, there are so many moments in my life and mm. consuming football moments yeah. in my life. I didn't have access to the match. I didn't Soundtrack have, by didn't him, have access to the yeah. And it was just him uh, and Anderson. And, and he was just, he just had a lovely bite to his voice yeah. and he did have those gears. Yeah. It'd go up, it go down. Um, I think John Murray's dad uh, said that if his son and Mick Laws were both covering the, um, the the Newcastle match, one for Five Live and one for uh, BBC Radio Newcastle. He'd rather listen to right. John, to, uh, really? to to Mick Laws. Uh, so the, 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 I'll just read this little story. Out. He said, uh, "I was in the office one day, and a little old lady called and said she was seventy six and she'd recently lost her husband. She asked if I could send my commentary over for Philippe Albert's goal against Man United because she wanted to play it at the funeral. We got it on a cassette for her, and they played it as the coffin was going in. He said that's what he wanted to go out to. He wanted to go out to Philippe Albert's five minute goal, goodness. and it was just radio commentary." Well, that's not the Sky commentary. That's not the famous yeah, 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 Albert. Yeah. It's the yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. Miklos commentary. Because, but that, but it's, it's almost like the relationship between the commentator and, and the listener. Because as you say, you're painting these pictures. You're yeah. almost trusting them. Yeah. You're saying you're telling me what's mm. happening in this event that I'm very interested in. There is an element of trust there. So, well, let's let's talk about Martin Tyler then, who you would think of his best moments to be a bit more recent than than. Barry Davis, as we've mentioned there, yeah. even though obviously Tyler is, is uh, Been around for ages. no spring chicken. You know, yeah. He's had an amazing career. And of course, his Aguero moment when Manchester City won the, 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 the title on the day mm. was, 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 you know... Iconic. It, it, absolutely iconic yeah. in, in, in the fullest sense of the word. City is still alive here. Balotelli. Aguero! I think that's brilliant. 
Because he, there's a few seconds, a much bigger gap than you think. Absolutely mm. right. He lets it. He lets you just take it all in. Because he's probably I, taking it all in himself. Yeah. I, and I think I think this is a really iconic moment for obvious reasons because of the football itself. But mm. the commentary is perfect. Mm-hmm. And I actually think the most interesting part of this, from a commentary point of view, without being too nerdy about it, is it's iconic because it's quite different to what Martin Tyler's normally like. Mm. For me, and I said this in the Ramble book actually. So I wrote a bit about commentators in there. For me, the, the, there's an element of commentary, a commentator up on that gantry back in the day. And now they're all in media, media centres now. But back in the day, they were put out in some gantry in the middle mm. of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like some kind of ersatz, like colonial outpost. Yeah. Where they were just there to do their own thing. Mm. And, and they would never really get reprimanded properly unless they did something ridiculous. And they would be able to, they'd have a bit of the kind of, oh, I'm, I'm, I can do my own thing here. Mm. And, and I've always felt Martin Tyler has been far too much of a company man. He's been far too much of a kind of, I'm not Martin Tyler, I'm Sky Sports Martin Yeah, Tyler. I'm sure. selling, I'm shilling the product, whatever Sky Sports product. has got. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that's, and, and that's here, been put upon him by Sky, obviously. Fine, but I think the best, the best commentators would find a way to still be a little bit okay. off-piste. And here I think he's, you're seeing the distillation of the yeah. pure Martin Tyler commentary skill, which I would love to see more of, but you don't see more of it now. And I think obviously he's not now, I personally don't think he's as good as he was anyway. But that moment there, what, when you play it to me there, the biggest surprise for me mm. is exactly what you've said. The pause yep. and almost he's experiencing it with you, yes. which I think is what great commentary should be. We don't want to hear that Zaguero's 25th goal of the season or whatever. <laughs> we, want hear, yeah, we want to hear that moment. <laughs> that's 25. Well, it is. That's what he says. <laughs> that's, the, that's the record. <laughs> Go on, Bill. Well done, him. Oh, Goodbye. Dear. Yeah. But, but, and he says, you know, words to the effect, you know, I swear you'll see never. <laughs> never see anything like this again or whatever and, and, and you're right when you when you saw that it was it was incredible Quite, but we live in an age where we can watch it at any point we can, we can. watch it but I mean other times uh, was it you know Tony Adams is running through the middle can you believe it you yeah. know, and that's ah, his voice yeah. when it goes I think it was another great piece of commentary I forget which game where the ball goes in and he just goes ah, like yeah. that. it's just the noise I think again it's that that's what football do dear yeah. Quite <laughs> incredibly by the way at an event in May this year marking the 10 year anniversary of all that uh, stuff of Manchester City winning the league yeah. and so on, Martin Tyler was booed by Manchester City fans when he took to the stage because he's often been accused of being a Manchester United fan because he gets more excited for their goals than for Liverpool and Manchester City. That is City. the most football right. fan thing I ever. I mean, but the, but I but I, there's there's things on Twitter. Liverpool fans are always moaning that when Liverpool score goals, he he goes. And Liverpool have gone 1-0 up and it's been coming. Whereas when Man City score, it's ah! It's yeah. kind of like, well, he can't support them all. Yeah. You know, sort of thing. That's true. I, th- I, think, I, think it's, um, I think it's kind of indicative of the entitlement of football fans generally these days. Mm-hmm. I also note in that, uh, in that event, apparently someone threw a pint at Gal Clichy. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's the kind of night it was. We, we, we have to stay and focus this on football commentators. Yeah. Um, but yes, the stick and the dog's abuse they get, yeah. point in case here, yeah. is, is absolutely ridiculous. And I think that, um, you know, Having spoken uh, with with Clive Tilsley a number of times, because we've met him a few times over the years, yeah, lovely I've worked chap. With Clive, yeah. um, the crap that commentators have to put up with, and again, just sit anybody in that commentary box and go, go on then, big boy. See what you so, so I, I think with Clive, if I think we're going to come on to it at some point, with Clive around that time when it was like the internet was making that transition that Pete always talks about from mm. the Wild West into something a little bit more serious. Sure. People, what happened was mainstream broadcasters were starting to take notice of what people on the internet were saying. Yeah. And. Clive, and he was with Andy Townsend at the time, mm-hmm. who, who Andy Townsend, again, is brilliant on the radio. Right. He's so good because yeah. he's actually quite articulate and yeah, he's yeah, obviously yeah. He's able to process things quickly, which mm. you need to do. Mm. And, he, and he, it doesn't feel like he's talking too much because it's the radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it works perfectly. On the TV, obviously, with him and Clive, not for me, Clive, that became a thing yeah. because I think that they, they kind of got a little bit in a bubble mm. and they didn't really realise that everyone was saying this is a bit shit. And for the first time, everyone had this voice that everyone was reading yeah. and we were kind of part of that because we were as football fans we were saying isn't this funny yes. taking the piss out of it the way we take the piss out of everything and then I think Tilsey to be fair to him and we've, as you said we've met him and he's a very very mm. generous guy over this time and clearly cares a lot about his job and works really hard at it because the prep had, you know, which we haven't mentioned yet mm. by the way the prep oh, is man. fucking unbelievable yeah. uh, he did change and he did become almost a far better commentator off the back of it yes. I don't know why maybe he just went into a new phase of his life or decided to uh-huh. approach it a slightly different way but I think now Sorry to make this point about TV and radio again. When they binned off Clive mm. and ITV for Sam Matterface, yeah. who I like mm-hmm. on the radio particularly, it did become a little bit odd because people were like, hang on, Clive's done a great job here. Mm. And Clive came out and said himself he didn't want to leave. So it's a kind I, of an odd situation. I, 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 thought it was but I, I think Clive was good, then kind of fell off a bit and then became good again. Yeah, I know. I agree with you. I think Clive Tilsley, and also a very iconic voice and so many iconic moments, of course. And I think actually Clive Tilsley um, was, was, you know, when he would have first started, 
it would have been in the shadow of Barry Davis and John Motson. They were the ones, you know, yeah. Barry Davis and John Motson, it's a bit like, you know, Man City and Liverpool at the moment kind mm. of thing. And Motson was a great commentator, had great lines as well. We should we should make that absolutely clear. We, we've talked a lot about Barry Davis and, and we could have talked a lot more about John Motson, but there's only a certain amount of time and, you know, and, yeah. and so on. But 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 they were superb. Whereas Clive Tilsley had a bit of his own niche, really, with Champions League football on TV. On ITV, yeah. On ITV, of course. Um, and I mean, and but some of the lines he came out with were great. And yes, he did get a little bit cheesy I think at times when he had a little bit of a dip in form but he came back but that line when remember the name Wayne Rooney scored for that's, a, that's, a, that's a brilliant line that's one of the great Nailed. lines remember you, the name it's yeah. superb Abs- yeah. it's perfect and it's proven to be very prescient as well. a- absolutely yeah. right Yeah, Wayne Rooney's played his part in that. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's done kind of a solid there. He, has, he does but, very lovely notes as well. He, oh, he, does. And he sells them. He, he sells, sells them. Yeah, I think mm. Chris Stark from Radio One helped him uh, set up a little business. That's People nice. love him. Yeah. Yeah. His handwriting is beautiful. That's nice. Stunning. Yeah, I love yeah. good, yeah. good calligraphy. Good calligraphy. Uh, yeah, it, 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 indeed as well. I mean, again, you mentioned Peter Drury. Just a quick mention for him. Wonderful man. I actually quite like his enthusiasm. Different, because uh, again, with, with Motson and Davis, to me, they are the gold standard, which may never be reached again. And that's no great shame, you know, but, 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 but Jury, I like his enthusiasm, but I, I know so, you. Well, you know, I, I find it overwrought, but I do, what I would say is, and I promise I'm not just being contrary here because I know Peter Drew is very popular and, 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 you know, Brassel, for example, absolutely loves him and I get it. I think if you are going to do this flowery overwrought thing, you've got to do it well. And he does do it really well. Mm. So he writes them and they're quite well written and they make sense. And it's not like a spoonerism or like a weird cliche. It always does seem to be quite surprising. But it, to me, I wonder if it's actually a little bit detracting from what we're actually supposed to be watching. Well, that's okay. where I come from on this. Let me play you this one then. Can I change my opinion? That was, like, <laughs> that was like hairs on the back of the neck Yeah, but, stuff. but that's the thing. He with... can't have planned that because he didn't know anything that's going to happen. But it's, it's The Greek something. god in Rome, he definitely planned that. Yeah, okay. So I understand what we've just been saying about Barry Davis, the old star, blah, 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 blah. But I think Drury is so enthusiastic and so um, infectious with that. I kind of give him a bit of a pass. I don't know, yeah. You, you don't like it? I didn't enjoy that particular clip. It's, I from, where, it's, from, when Ro- it, yeah. it's from when Robert came back against Barcelona yeah. in the Champions League in 2018, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, you, do, you, do, you, what, do you agree with me that it can come across as overwrought? It, overall, pre-written, even though, you know, in that case, possibly it wasn't. Like, I, you know. Because, because Sam Matterface does a lot of pre-written stuff. He gets a lot but of criticism for. But I think Drury and, 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 and Tilsey, just going back to him, I think, I think you, you, you're right in what you say with, with, with you know, internet and so on coming forth because Barry Davis, he finished in 2004. And so would have been actually probably less conscious about what people thought of him. Because yeah. unless you grab him in the pub... I wouldn't have given a shit. Yeah, well, I mean, as well. But which, in, which I like. Yes, well, but I unless you... a big house. But unless... It's an early kick-off here and I'm still having breakfast. Yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> Where, and where's your money? And frankly, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think it, it, unless you grabbed him in the pub or something, yeah. he, he would not have known really. And Molson yeah. was already a legend and was protected by this point. Or unless you saw Basha D on the... Uh, Train platform at Hammersmith Station, oh, like, like you and I did, and, and were too scared to talk to him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the train was leaving. Well, you yeah. saw him um, doing commentary for uh, Actua Soccer in 1996. There was that as well. And did the motion capture. Good old Sinton. What a treat! <laughs> but but, but Tilsley and Jury, they've gone through that that sort of period, as you say, of internet and so on and so forth. But someone who who uh, who, who paved the way um, for for women uh, in in the commentary box was Jackie Oatley. Became yeah. the first female commentator on Match of the Day in 2007. Yeah. Um, and, and 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 did a very good job in, as, as as well. And I think the BBC there is a there is a, a f- I understand that that one may not think this, but there is actually depending on what weekend of football it is, there's there is quite a plethora of voices. Sometimes you go to the early rounds of the FA Cup. Oh yeah, or the FA Cup third round uh, weekend in particular. It's brilliant. The local commentary is is just wonderful mm. because it's maybe not as polished, or it's maybe a little bit more partisan, perhaps. But, it, but in a very sincere but way. Marcus, it feeds back into my point earlier about the commentators being up on these gantries or out in the middle of nowhere and doing their own thing. Yeah, and being able to do that. This is with, with local radio commentators from normally from the BBC regionals in the early rounds of the FA Cup. They've got far more license. Mm. They've got far more space to be a lot more 
um, you know, biased mm-hmm. because they're they're commentating on a local area. Mm-hmm. Totally, and, and yeah, and then they just get put on match of the day because yeah. they, because the BBC won't send it's, commentators it's, everywhere. Yeah, and it's it's normally absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's 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 glorious. It, like, the FA Cup third round weekend is great for that because you just, you will hear these kind of local voices. But can, on the female commentators thing, just to yes. make a point, I actually think that um, Jackie Oatley and Robin Cowan. Mm are both absolutely brilliant. They're mm. both absolutely fantastic. And the reason for that, I think, is because something that Pete always says, which I agree with as well, is that, to be honest, it's no coincidence for the last however many minutes all we've been talking about is men because men have dominated this space. Mm. So the women obviously have to work fucking 10 times harder to get yeah, anywhere yeah, near yeah. it. As a result, they become really good. Mm. Right? They, they can't make any mistakes because mm. everyone's far more unforgiving. So as a result, you get really good quality commentators. Yeah. I, think, I think, as I say, Jackie Oatley and Robin Cowan particularly, for me, are, are fantastic. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Because a commentator will often have a co-commentator with them, a summariser, some people say, uh, as well. And as loath as I am to say it, chaps, Andy Gray was one. So Andy Gray was, as a pundit and a co-commentator, despite uh, the fact that he's a dreadful human being, <clears throat> was very um, influential in the space. Yeah. No question about mm-hmm. that. His, his, some of his lines, if you're going to do lines, and we, we have to separate the art from the artist or whatever, not trying to kind of give him a pass for the stuff he's done. That era of Premier League Sky Sports footage, mm. if we're talking about iconic lines, Gray was absolutely fantastic at it. Do you know it. what? Mm. I, I, that thing where he used to have conversations, yeah. imagined conversation <laughs> with the players. <laughs> and he says, give me the ball. He says, okay, then I will. Yeah. No, oh, I, put I, it away. Do, Thanks, do, I will. Do you know what? Though? And I'm not just saying this to back to, I, I never actually liked it. It became far but, too self, self-aware. It, definitely. But I do take the point that it is iconic and a lot of people would have liked it and it would have been the soundtrack to a lot of football. But to me, he almost 
said, right, Mr. Commentator, I'll take over from here. This is my thing. Exactly. After the goal came, went in, yeah. it was always his time because yeah. he was a, a goal muncher and I And I yeah. never, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I never quite, you know. So he's, he's far more influential as a pundit. The punditry before Gray was a lot more one-dimensional than it is now. Yes. You look at, if you love Monday Night Football with Neville and Carragher mm. and all the other bells and whistles on that, you have to admit that has come from a place that essentially involves Andy Gray. It does, yeah. As a co-commentator, you're right, he becomes self-aware, but he... He had a great way with it. When mm. he got it right, because of his accent and because yeah, of the yeah. timbre of his voice, it did sound amazing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And he set fire to all that by being a complete idiot. Well, totally. But his work itself was good. I mean, my favourite summariser from back in the day, because he, he, he worked so well with Barry Davis, was um, Trevor Brookin. I yeah. thought he was excellent. But of course, more contemporary examples, Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher. Glenn, so what, Glenn so Hoddle think, pops up there. Yeah, Glenn's all right. I think Gary mm. does a weird thing now where he kind of makes these weird noises a lot. Well, mm. when he uh, when he orgasms. But that's when he first did it. That was and people uh, seem to like that. And Torres scored for Chelsea at the New Camp. But think about it, it was. But think about it now. The amount of times, and in fairness, it's normally in a Man United game. <laughs> Man United can see the sloppy goal. Mm. What's the first thing you hear? Oh, yeah, I know like what you that. mean. He just does that all the time. <laughs> oh, well, that's yeah, and they, there might be an argument for him that maybe he shouldn't commentate on Manchester United. And Liverpool games. <laughs> <laughs> Makes the post-match way easier, doesn't it? It, it, it does, What's yeah. going wrong, Gary? Well, I but, think, but I a summariser is an important job, and I think sometimes... <laughs> Gary's good. He is good. He is good as well. But what about Chris Waddle, uh, uh, Peter? Gave us that wonderful mm. line when he was so beside himself when England lost to Iceland in 2016. He went, the players, they're all just headphones. <laughs> and, and to be honest... If he dies tomorrow, that will stand up as being the most prescient thing he's ever said. I do believe that. They're all that. just headphones. They're all just... Like, everything what, what was he trying up. to say there? He was trying to say that uh, off the field, they're head down, there's no camaraderie. No, I understand. They've all got all the uh, kind headphones of like... They're, they're, they're the really expensive headphones and they're all about that. They're not focused on the task in hand. Get they just Brexit want to listen done. to R&B. Get Brexit get done. Brexit done. <laughs> 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 the way it came out was amazing. But, yeah. but Chris Waddle, I always like, quite liked as well. Um, I, I think I think the co-commentary thing is a particularly tough job because yeah. if you are you're all you're almost always I think I don't think there's any exception to this you are almost always known for something else so you're yeah, known yeah. for being a football player or, yeah. or, or a journalist whatever and, and it's like when Chunks plays in soccer Ed yeah um, someone explains to me who he is it looks bad and I go this is his main job and I go how's this happened mm. he's, like, he's got something else going on well Chris Waddle actually said a similar thing Chris Waddle said well, you he know, said I hate chunks no not, not, not chunks um, specifically but he said that when you know I, I look at how the way people write about the game and they mm. have their opinions and then every so often I'll be asked to go and do a charity match with Pro-Am charity match mm. and it's embarrassing because mm. none of them can even run properly yeah and I, and I understand that's not the point. Of course, you can have an opinion and be knowledgeable about football and speak about it entertainingly if you hadn't played. Mm. But to someone like Chris Wilder, who's grown up his whole life playing football, you have to concede that's going to look a little bit galling. Yeah. It's the same with my old friend Clint Hill. When I, I was the one to break to Clint Hill that the um, the people who do the marks out of 10 for his performance normally get those filed in way before full time because of the copy mm. deadlines. Yeah. He was furious. Yeah, right. I never, he was fucking furious. Mm. He was like, first of all, what right have they got to give to me and my job out of 10? Yeah. And two, they're not even doing it properly. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Well, anyway, I've gone off piece. Mark is angry. Um, sorry, Marcus. But, but the, but, no, I understand what you mean. Um, but, 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 but dragging it back to... Well, role, well, a lot, but, but a lot of like commentary and a lot of like, you know, your soccer agent and, and how football is produced outside of mm. the day-to-day presentation of the football. And it, and it is just creeping a little bit. It is that kind of influencer, YouTube-y uh, kind of... Yeah, uh, uh, they're trying to of, get more personality getting more personality more kind of and, and, and entertainment yeah, rather than and sport. it mainly yes. just it mainly just uh, it manifests itself in they get a minibus full of influencers or yes, YouTubers yes, or, yes, or, yes. or voices on, online yep. wheel them up and, and they clown around for a bit and they fuck off no, to totally. another, and, and ruin another product yeah, no, no, yeah. in my opinion <laughs> no, no, I totally agree because people you know what it's like the big wigs at the top of the tree and these things they yeah. go we need more personality yeah. okay let's bus in some personality yeah. they don't think about it and so chicken shop what's that yeah, yeah. yeah. But, put but, something of chicken shop well, in but it. they may well have Steve McManaman commentating on Liverpool games because mm. oh well he's you know local lad blah 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 mm. but actually it, once in a while they do get it right Ali McCoist yeah they uh, do he, get it right he's because, an ex-pro but he, well he's an ex-pro but also he does have he's a funny he's got, he's got a bit of humour but also he respects what's going on but when you have a World Cup game in Russia where perhaps um, people's interest is not as high as it might be at Senegal versus Colombia for example or something like that you need that. an Ali in there you need an Ali in there because 
you don't want it to be too... That's when your love affair with Chris Sutton started. Mm. And ended. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was a summer romance. It was a, it was a great summer yeah. romance. My goodness. Have me a blast. <laughs> I love him. But Sutton, Sutton love him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's, funnily enough, though, uh, d- d- despite the best efforts of these big wigs, as I call them, English commentary is considered to be quite reserved and unemotional compared to mm. other commentary styles overseas. Now, I, I, yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, Spanish-spoken commentary, not necessarily from Spain itself, but it's certainly from South America, but Spain would come into that as well, of course, can be quite emotional, it's fair to say. kind of goes with the culture and, uh, and the vibes of, of each nation. Um, and, 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 of course, you have the goal whenever the goal yeah. goes in, which I personally don't like. That's, from, that's mostly Brazilian, though, right? It's from, yeah, it comes from Brazil. I think it was first invented in Brazil in the 40s by radio announcer Rebeo Rebello Jr. Well, this is it. I I think some people don't realise this. They just thought, oh, he was just getting in the emotion of the game. That may well be the case, but apparently as the story goes, his eyesight was going Mm. and he wanted to make sure he obviously got the goal scorer correct. So he would say goal and either he or an assistant by that point would quickly make sure it was such and such who scored and then he was was ready to do it. So that is... I love that. It's a great creative way of getting around the fact that he simply should not be working that (laughs) (laughs) way. But you're right. That's fine. Um, and I know that, that often goal, it can be quite funny for, for us to hear that and, and you sort of cry when a goal goes in. But actually, you don't get your Aguero moment. Yeah. You don't get, oh, my Dan next back. It's very generic. It's yeah. far too generic and it restricts yeah. the creativity of each commentator, I mm. think. It really does at, th- at the best moment in football as well. So that's my tuppence worth there. Mm. But it is used uh, throughout um, many um, Spanish-speaking uh, places and Brazil, of course. Now, quite oddly, though, despite all this... Um, Portuguese commentary from Portugal is very unemotional. Mm. Like it makes English commentary look very, very emotional, like full-blooded, mm. you know, absolute madness. Um, it's extremely different to Brazilian Portuguese commentary. I mean, Andy Brassel was saying that once uh, he had a Portuguese game on Portugal, no, uh, it was a big Champions League game. I forget which who it was, but a big one. Portuguese commentary playing. And he said, I'll have the TV on over there, but I'm cooking, but I'll know if there's a goal because yeah. somebody will, uh, you know, the, 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 voice the tone change. will change, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, and he didn't hear anything. He got back to the TV and it was like 2-0. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really odd. Portugal's yeah. like that. And apparently you, you don't have that many ex-pros commentating. It tends to be uh, like a journalist or something. Yeah. And they'll just start waffling about like a player's career at a previous club while the game's going on. Your ball yeah. hits the bar. Well, of course, he had 13 appearances. So for... they see it like an entertainment show, basically. It's quite strange. Yeah, yeah I, I would never have known that, but... <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, very interesting, uh, of course. Um, some sort of commentary quirks from around the world. I mean, we go to Argentina, speaking of uh, South America. An Argentine commentator became famous for making songs from players' names. Uh, he sung Eye of the Tiger to a Paul Skull's goal. I remember watching it, yeah. Which was, yeah, um, I can't get no satisfaction with Kevin Phillips's name after And that scored. went on for fucking yeah. ages. <laughs> that went on. I think there was a chance for the other team and he was still doing it. Yeah, I did madness, isn't it? What about, um, well, an English commentator working in America, the guy from the Northeast who always uses those ridiculous... Oh, um, yeah. Ray, he's too, he's too much. He Ray, is Ray, not leopard. Where have I got that from? Ray, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ray Hudson, Ray, Ray Hudson. Hudson. Uh, yeah, I, to yeah. me, I'm I'm not having it. Although I did quite like it though. <laughs> Was it Ray Hudson when? Uh, I forget which Newcastle player ran through on goal, Peter, and he tried to scoop it. Oh, just put it in the net. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That was quite good. Uh, One of the finest uh, or one of the most famous examples of foreign commentary that that certain people of a certain age would know uh, from England was uh, the the Norwegian commentator, uh, Bjorg Lillian, who commentated on Norwegian TV when when Norway beat England 2-1 in 1981, which was a very rare win for Norway because I know they're not a huge footballing nation now, but you think about it back then. Do you want me to read it? Please. I mean, like younger listeners may not have heard this, but it's iconic. I'm oh, just going to read it in my accent rather than the crazy Norwegian accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and by the way, presumably he was commentating the game in Norwegian. Yeah, yeah. And they were speaking. And he switched to English for, to make this specific point. Well, I think he, he wanted to give England a message and my, didn't he just? Okay, Norway have beaten England. We are the best in the world. England, the home of giants. Lord Nelson, Lord Beaverbrook, Sir Winston <laughs> Churchill, Sir Anthony Eden... 
Clement Attlee. And before I get into this next bit, yep. he's gone for almost exclusively political he figures has, here. He has. Until he runs out and goes, Henry Cooper. <laughs> Henry Cooper. <laughs> Boxer, of course. Lady Diana. Yeah. We have beaten all of them. Maggie Thatcher, can you hear me? <laughs> Maggie Thatcher, we have a message for you. We have knocked England out of the World Cup, Maggie Thatcher. If they say in your language, in the boxing bars around Madison Square Gardens in New York, your boys took a hell of a beating. It's Norway to England one. What a fabulous night to football for football. Back to the studio. Yeah, I love. But the voice was Lord Nelson. Yeah, yeah. Maggie Thatcher. Lady Diana. But Lord Beaverbrook is quite an unheralded part of the World War yeah, II war effort in England, amazing. in Britain. Maggie yeah, he gets Thatcher. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's, well, at least Maggie Thatcher at the time was the Prime Minister. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. He's just yeah. he has just lost it, and that's what it can do to you. Yeah. Because that's pre. Would that be pre-written? Do you reckon? No. It feels it's like pulling them out his ass. No, it feels think... like it wasn't because the names are so there's, random. There's no way that's pre-written because uh, you wouldn't have got that back in the day, and also. So I think it was such a surprise that they beat England in the manner they did. You are not going from Clement Attlee no. to Henry Cooper no. if you've written it down. Yeah, Clement Attlee, Henry Cooper, Lady Diana, and back to Maggie Thatcher. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. It's, it's an amazing piece of commentary, yeah. of course. Um, before we finish, gentlemen, a little nod to, to some, some fan commentary yeah. that we had for yeah. a brief bit on Sky Sports. I don't think we have it anymore, do we? Well, I mean, I, I particularly like fan commentary... I mean, I'm, I say like, I'm not looking to listen to it for a game I actually give a shit about. Mm, yeah. But for entertainment purposes, club-specific commentary is very good. Mm. So one-eyed, it's unbelievable because that that's be the brief, good. right? The Fulham boys are quite good when that guy started on him in the crowd. Oh, is that right? Yeah. What did he say? Oh, shut up, you knobhead or something, oh, whatever it was. <laughs> it was great. Um, of, of course, the famous one, uh, the Manchester City commentator when they won 6-1 at the Swamp. Yeah. yeah. Old Trafford. Yeah, take it, take <laughs> it, take that's it. That's what they had the fans, though. one fan of one club, one fan of the yeah, club, and they were yeah. bantering with each yeah, in many ways horrific I mean most of it horrific that one very good I agree completely. most of it when we got that right well, this is done everybody switch that off. is the genesis of Arsenal fan TV That's <laughs> I, think, people, I think you're right people yeah. saw that and went we can do that yeah mm. so they are to blame yeah yeah uh huh what about, um, I mean, we should, oh, we should if we can, we should play out um, the well, Hamilton Academical one. That, that, yeah, indeed. Talking of uh, amateur commentary, one of our all-time favourite moments. But is it amateur or is it just club-specific? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, it's it's amateurish. It sounded amateurish. I, well, he's, he's, he definitely has had to get another job since then. Right, OK. Um, but yeah, uh, Bobby Bullock. Uh, shared a little bit too much information. It's a great name. We're already, Scotland, in, yeah. we're already winning, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, he shared too much information when he returned late uh, for the second half because he'd been away for a jobby. So sorry about the... I hadn't pressed the button. I went away for a jobby at half-time. Excuse my, my term of language. And I've not pressed the wee button on when I come back. So apologies to anybody who have not heard me this second half. Uh, <laughs> You're speaking in the vernacular there, probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies if you yeah. deem that bad language, viewers. Yeah, sorry, it was just a, a wee bit of hoop. And uh, I was a wee bit late back over. Because uh, it was a... Uh, I had to squeeze quite a bit. <laughs> sorry, I was just changing something to get back to the match, but I forgot to press my wee button. So delighted to be back, we all. Football, Bobby, we you know, you know, he's recent, doubled down. He's trying to get fired. You know, when yeah. Boris Johnson, one of his aides, recently just wrote a piece of paper to him, stop talking, talking yeah. and circled it. That's what needed to happen yeah. there. Yeah. Just ridiculous. On one hand, though, yeah. he's honest. He's done that and he's, he's doubled down. Let's try and make light of it. I can't Tribble get the down. process. Triple down. He was fired for that. Yeah. Is that. Does anyone care enough for that? Uh, did they not hire him again soon after? I don't know. If they didn't, they should have done Well, they, they, they released a really earnest it's, it's statement. Weird, it's weird at best, and I've been fired for being weird before. And yeah, stuff. And, and it's only last year, right? So yeah. it wasn't that long ago. And Hamilton released a really earnest statement saying he overstepped the mark this evening with a very poor attempt at humour. I mean, do we really need people to lose their jobs for that? He only said the word jobby and poop and squeezed one out. <laughs> I think, I think it's wrong. He's the graphic. There you go. No one's listening, by the way. It no was a wee bit of poop. Yeah. <laughs> a wee bit of poop. Yeah, but I think the fact that he's reveling in it, he's a bit like, yeah, go on then. I think it's the attitude, Luke. Yeah. I think it's the attitude. I, 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 for me, attitude era of commentary. Indeed. For me, I'm, si I'm sitting down saying, come on. Come, come on. on. You, know do, you know you've been silly. Be I don't know who you've shown off to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be better. Um, right? we, 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 we did ask uh, the listeners on Twitter what their um, favourite piece of poop, oh, no, sorry, favourite piece of commentary <laughs> Uh, was that they, they, they'd heard a lot of people of course gave us some Barry Davis ones and stuff which was, was good um, uh, but Pete I believe you've got one got one from uh, James Proshaw uh, the goat is Ali Brownlee when Borough reached the UEFA Cup uh, final in 2006 mm. and I, I realised that's why 
You asked my accent to do this one. Yeah. <laughs> it's party, party, party. Everyone roll my house for a parmore. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that's, um, that's been graffiti, well not graffiti, but like stenciled onto the side of um, yeah. mm-hmm. side of a uh, of the stadium at, at the other side. <laughs> um, Derek Weston also got in touch saying, we have a long time RTE commentator in Ireland called George Hamilton. His quips are so legendary that there's a website called Danger here dedicated to him. <laughs> His all-time classic is, he's pulling the captain off, <laughs> the Spanish manager, he's pulling his captain off yeah. um, I looked at the website Danger here and it might just be an Ireland thing uh, I just found quite a lot of it very confusing yes <laughs> it, very confusing like, just a lot of like mixed metaphors um, like one for example he lumbered forward like a juggernaut and pulled the trigger and let fly mm. uh, did you pull the trigger on a juggernaut I probably not know. Uh, it's like a train pulling into a station, slowing down. There's an air of inevitability about this. It's not going to crash into the buffers. It's going to come to a gentle stop. And finally, for now, Spain have had the possession to win, but not the sharp edge. They're like plastic airport cutlery. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I, yeah. Just, he's asking the listeners to do yeah. a lot of a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, to indeed, work that yeah. out, isn't it? I don't know. I'll anyway. Anyway. So there we are, everybody. What a, what a way to finish. That's the Ramble Guide to Commentary. <laughs> yeah, baby. Oh. I think we covered everything, didn't we? I think we, we did. We got through the whole episode without mentioning Darren Fletcher. That's a win. Yeah. That is a win. Yeah. You'll be angry. We also didn't mention Tony Gover. Oh, so, poor old Tony. Or Peter Brackley. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Brackley. Yeah. Brackley. I specifically dislike Darren Fletcher. That's why I said that. <laughs> Not I as see. a commentator, as a man. Both. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Fine. Uh, Well, that's it for another Football Ramble Guide to everybody. Thank you very much for listening. We want you to tell us what you'd like us to chat about. If you fancy learning more about one of football's defining tropes or one of its confusing quirks, then get in touch and tell us. Email us at show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble with your suggestions. See you next time. Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.